Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Mark chapter 1 and verse 1. Let's read this. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Verse 2, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now we went over the the miracle birth of John the Baptist, the miracle naming of John the Baptist, who should have been Zacharias according to Jewish tradition, being the oldest son, did not take his father's name because the angel told Zacharias and Elizabeth that they would name him John which means Jehovah is a gracious giver. We also um, saw the life of Jesus. Uh, We didn't go through his birth yet because we're going to save that for December, but his childhood and staying back in the father's house and as a 12-year-old and astounding those teachers that were sitting there with him. And now they've grown up. Now they've grown up. Jesus at this time is 30 years old. John is about six months older than Jesus. And... um, he is commissioned by God. He is known as what, what they call the bridge prophet. He is bridging, he's the gap between the Old and the New Covenant. Even though he is an Old Testament prophet, but yet he has a New Testament message. Um, preparing, I should say, for a New Testament message. So this is what was, he was who Isaiah had prophesied, the one who would prepare the way of the Lord to make us pass straight. But notice at the very beginning, Mark says, by the way, happy 40th birthday to Danielle. There's no, there's no keeping it a secret with the big 4-0 over there, so I thought I'd go ahead and just make sure everybody knew it was you. At the very beginning, it says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the beginning, and then it says a voice. John was the one who began the gospel of Jesus Christ. His voice was first to announce it. John began preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Look at verse 5. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Verse 6. Now John was clothed Check this out. Clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. You want to be on this guy's good side. He preached saying, there comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then look at Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. And and, uh, the harmony of the Gospels is Matthew chapter 3, 1 through 12. But we're going to look at verse 11. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then Luke's Gospel, chapter 3. Um, And verse 16 says, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly cleanse, clean out his threshing floor, and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff 
he will burn with unquenchable fire. And with many other exhortations, he preached to the people. This is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the beginning. Now, it's interesting, and we're going to go over to Philippians now and see something that Paul says that's very unique, very interesting, and it is... um, it's curious, I should say. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. Now wait a second. Paul wasn't around here. I mean, he was alive, but he wasn't in the mix of all this that was happening with John and Jesus walking the earth and the disciples. He wasn't there at the, that beginning. Now he says, you know, at the beginning of the gospel. Well, the gospel can't have two beginnings, can it? It was either when John started preaching or Paul's seeming to say that it was when he started preaching. They're both right. They're both right. And so we're going to look at some scriptures here to help us understand how this gospel has two beginnings because it does. Mark noted beginning was when John came preaching. Paul noted that It was his preaching. So John preached baptism, didn't he? He preached what he said, a baptism of repentance and remission of sins. And the people would come be baptized and they would confess their sins. And then he would encourage them and preach to them and tell them, now you need to bear fruit worthy of your repentance. In other words, prove that you've changed your mind by what you do, by how you treat others. He preached baptism. That was the gospel of the kingdom, or that was the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Mark, that you be baptized and repent for the remission of your sins. But Paul, when he talks about the gospel, he makes a stark difference. Uh, watch this, 1 Corinthians 1.17. He says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Well, according to John, the gospel is a baptism of repentance. It's a, it's a confession of sins. But Paul says, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. So the gospel that John the Baptist preached was one that required him to baptize people. The gospel that Paul preached did not require him to baptize. Very interesting. What is Paul's gospel? I mean, surely we know it by now at One Cause Church, right? What is the gospel... That came to us through the Apostle Paul. All right. Since you're so talkative. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Verse 4. And that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. This is the gospel that He delivered to them at the first. This was the beginning of this gospel to the Gentiles. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. John never preached that gospel. He never preached Christ dead, Christ buried, or Christ risen from the dead. He preached that the people should repent, confess their sins, be baptized, and bear fruit worthy of repentance. Wow. You know what? The gospel that John preached, Jesus also preached. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, of baptism, of repentance. Interesting. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. 
And this would extend even further along. Even after Jesus died, was buried, rose again, and then he ascended into heaven. Now we come to Acts chapter 2. And Peter, giving his first sermon, uh, after the Holy Spirit had come and people were speaking in tongues and people were wondering what was going on. So Peter stands up and begins to tell them this was something that was prophesied before by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. And as he's talking to them, he's, he's, he's giving them a little bit of history and telling them about this wonderful Savior who came, and they missed him. Instead, they murdered him by hanging him on a tree. And so then the people, they're cut to the heart. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It's the same gospel, isn't it? Same gospel John preached, same gospel Jesus preached, and now it's now extended, except now Christ is the essence of it. To believe on him, to believe, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They're saying, how can we get that experience, that spirit coming upon us? And Peter said, it's going to be a process of a few things. First, you're going to need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. For the promises to you and your children. There's a man by the name of Ananias, not Ananias and, of Ananias and Sapphira. That was, a, that was a bad deal. Acts chapter 5, you read that story. But this is Ananias, who was a man of God. And after Saul of Tarsus, who we know as Paul, had, been, had his experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus, now he goes, he's been led away to this house on a street called Straight, S-T-R-A-I-T, because he's blind. And he's been blind for three days. And the Lord spoke to Ananias and told him about Saul and says, I need you to go and help him. And he says, Lord, you know about this man. He's, he's a terrorist against the church. And the Lord said, go, he's a chosen vessel of mine. So Ananias shows up at Paul, where, where Paul is, and watch this. Paul recounts it in Acts chapter 22 of what happened. Verse 14, are you with me? Then he said, this is Ananias speaking. The God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. Next. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So here Ananias, Ananias is preaching, carrying on still the gospel of the kingdom. And this gospel, he's speaking to a man who is a Jew. Ananias being a Jew, Peter being a Jew, Jesus being a Jew, John the Baptist being a Jew. But you know what? Even Paul himself preached this. We see one example of Paul preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and it's found in Acts chapter 19. All right? And it goes like this. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Look at this. And he said to them, into what then, into what then were you baptized? So they said, John's baptism. You know why they had never heard of the Holy Spirit? Because John was a Baptist. 
I had to say that. That's an old charismatic joke. <laughs> Actually, John is the one who said that he would baptize him with the Holy Spirit with fire. But anyway, he says, into what were you baptized? In other words, John preached this gospel, right, of the kingdom, and that gospel is be baptized. He says, into what then were you baptized? Now watch this. So they said, into John's baptism. Next. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul preached to them and showed them now he wanted you to believe on Jesus. John was that voice crying out. He was preparing the way for Jesus, and the cry is to believe on him. But it also involved being baptized. So they believed on the Lord and they were baptized because this is the gospel of the kingdom. Remember what Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved in Mark chapter 16. All right, they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Look what happened next. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So it was exactly as Peter said, you repent or you believe on the Lord Jesus, you're baptized for the remission of your sins, and then you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is their process. This is how it worked up until this point. Until, well, I say it, it worked a different way a little before this. I mean, it was just like John said. I baptize you with water, but then there's one mightier than I who's coming, and then you'll experience the Holy Spirit. It was just like Peter said. Repent, believe, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. That's how it went. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ that Mark wrote to us about otherwise known as the gospel of the kingdom, was to the Jews and only the Jews. So now let's go to Acts chapter 10, and we'll see this other gospel, the other beginning, I should say. To him, all the prophets witness. You know the story, right? How many times have I taught you on Acts chapter 10? It's the first Gentile convert, a man by the name of Cornelius. Peter, by a vision let down from heaven, 30 miles south of Caesarea in a town called Joppa. Sitting on the roof, he falls into a trance, sees this sheet let down with all these, all kinds of beasts and, he, and, and foods that Jews aren't supposed to eat. And the Lord says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter has an argument with the Lord. And he says, not so, Lord, I don't eat that kind of stuff. I'm a Jew. You remember, I have, I have strict laws, strict dietary laws. And the Lord said something powerful to him. He said, no longer call common what I have cleansed. So he sees this vision three times because this is a revolutionary moment for Peter. All he knew concerning the gospel is that the gospel was going to the Jews. The Jews spread all over the world. When he heard Jesus say, go into all the world and preach the gospel, they never intended to go to Gentiles. They didn't even know it included that because as far as they knew, that wasn't even a, they had not been privy to that information up to this point. They just thought they were going to go to the Jews scattered all over the earth. That was it. And they're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom. So now, wow, he's seeing that now salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now God has opened it up even for the heathens. <laughs> to him. So he gets to this point in his message, right? He gets to Cornelius' house. And I mean, this is all miraculous happening right here. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. And I can promise you the very next thing that Peter was going to say through the waters of baptism. I can guarantee you that's exactly what Peter was going to say. 
He was going to water baptism. He was going to tie all this together and preach the gospel of the kingdom to there. But God had a different plan. And God interrupts him right there. To him, all the prophets witness, whoever believes on him will receive remission of sins. Now watch this. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Verse 45 and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. Peter had brought some other Jewish brothers with him. They were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Wow. They're astonished because, number one, they were Gentiles receiving this gift. And number two, because they received the Holy Spirit before they got water baptized. That's not how it works. You wash away your sins in water baptism, and then you're ready to receive to get to the Spirit. Interesting, isn't it? Believe on Him, and God says, here's the Holy Spirit. Peter, I'm going to mess up your world right now. All right, so you can tell. You can tell still this is in his head, because look at the next thing that happened. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, look at this, can anyone forbid water? They're supposed to be baptized that these should not be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have, verse 48. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. So, I mean, this was, Peter, uh, he really did not yet know what this gospel to the Gentile looked. He, God did not give him what to say beforehand and tell him, this is, this is how the gospel to the Gentile looks, and this is how the gospel to the Jew looks. Peter is just living in the moment, experiencing it for the very first time. Imagine that. He doesn't know what to expect. He knows what he knows, and so he's just going to go with what he knows, and then all of a sudden, God shows him a new knowledge. So Peter didn't have revelation of this gospel to the Gentiles, but what he did have revelation of is that God was opening the door of salvation to the Gentiles. That's all he knew. And as he's standing there in Cornelius' house, this truth hits him, and he says, of a truth I perceive, God is no respecter of persons. When we looked at you Gentiles, we looked down on you. We looked down our noses at you, because you were less than. You were what we call dogs. Now, I want to make it very clear, just so there's no confusion here tonight, that the both the Jew and the Gentile Gospels are centered in Christ. All right? He is the essence. They must believe on Jesus. Peter was used by God to get that door opened to the Gentiles. Why did God use Peter to do that? Because Peter's the head of the church at this time. He's the one everybody's looking to. And if Peter has this experience, then everybody else will know this is God's doing. All right? Just so you understand why he was the one used here that Gentiles could be now partakers of salvation and for Paul to then take over. But then it's interesting that Peter goes back to his Jews, Jewish brothers. And I'm going to go to, to one last scripture here. It's Galatians chapter 2. Look at this. Galatians chapter 2. And Paul is talking about, um, well, Galatians is a powerful book anyway. Chapter 2, he really lays it out. And he talks about that there are some who were coming in to this Gentile, these Gentile churches and trying to make them live like Jews. No, no, no. If you're, gonna, if, if you're really going to be righteous, uh, you have to be circumcised. You've got to keep the law of Moses. And, and the Gentiles were new to this thing. And so 
they, they were tempted and they were beginning to be swayed that way. So Paul comes in and sets everything straight. And so he's talking about when he met with them, and it says, on the contrary, when they saw, he's talking about Peter, James, and John, Jesus' big three guys. When they saw the gospel for the uncircumcised, or us, the Gentiles, had been committed to me as the gospel to the circumcised, for the circumcised was to Peter. So what he's saying is that there's a gospel to the uncircumcised, which I'm in charge of. There's a gospel to the circumcised, which Peter's in charge of. Next, for he who worked effectively in Peter... For the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, Cephas being Peter, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews or the circumcised. All right, so we see clearly that God had a different uh, uh, plan for Paul and Barnabas than Peter, James, and John, and they had different audiences. Primarily, they had different audiences, all right? And so the, James, Peter, and John would continue to go and preach this gospel of the kingdom, which is the gospel for the Jews. And then Paul would then take, at, who is a Jew of all the Jews? I mean, nobody was a greater Jew than Paul, except Jesus. I mean, you, when Paul talks about himself and the fire and the zeal he had in the law, he said, concerning the law, I was blameless. What person can possibly claim to keep the law perfectly? He did. And he said, this is what I obtained, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. All I obtained from keeping all the rules was self-righteousness. I didn't get God's righteousness. And he said, all that learning, and even though I was blameless concerning the law, and even though I was zealous more than all my contemporaries, even though I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, I was of the stock of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. He said, all of that I count as loss compared to the knowledge of Christ. Knowing Him is everything. And all that I worked so hard for, all my accomplishments in Him mean nothing. Why would God send Paul then? You would think he would be such a great leader that preached the gospel of the kingdom. Because none of these men that Jesus picked as his disciples were scholars of the law. They were everyday guys. Fishermen. Tax collectors. These guys were out in the marketplace. They were businessmen. Paul was a student of the law. So there is nobody better than that could appreciate and preach grace like he could after coming out from the bondage of the law. Now, let me say this. Paul did continue to follow the law, but he followed it in a whole new reality. It was now in Christ. He realized Christ is the substance. The law is not the substance. But now the law, I'm liberated now to keep the law because of Christ in me. Now it's not something I have to strive in. And as a Jew, the law, as James called it, the law is the perfect law of liberty. See, to you and I, that's like, liberty? Liberty? It's supposed to sound like that to you because it's not your gospel. It's not your law. Your law is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and all your household will be saved. Praise God. I sometimes wish I could understand 
what that means to have the law, to see it as a law of liberty. But that's beyond my scope of understanding. Next, next week, we're going to get into Jesus now, his time to come. Matter of fact, you know what? Let's go ahead. Let's take five. Can we, can we take five minutes? It's only 8.10 right now. Go to Matthew 3. I didn't give this to you, Brooke, but I want you to look at something. This is most interesting. Most interesting. Matthew 3, verse 13, and we'll read through 17, and then we'll finish. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Verse 14, and John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? Can you imagine how humbling this must have been? Knowing that here's the, he announced him, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the Christ, the Son of God. And he shows up and says, I need you to baptize me, John. <laughs> what? Watch what Jesus says. This is very interesting. I need, but Jesus answered and said, and permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. That used to puzzle me. That verse used to puzzle me. What the heck is Jesus talking about? What do you mean it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness? What, Jesus needs to know the fullness of righteousness? Does he need that? I mean, isn't he the perfect lamb of God? He doesn't even have Adam's nature. He has his father's nature. He's perfect. He's sinless. What, what does this mean? It's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. This is why. Because everything Jesus came to do, he did for us. Everything he did, he did as an example for us. And he knew how the people would see him if he didn't go through the process like everybody else did. And to fulfill all righteousness for the Jew in the gospel of the kingdom is to be baptized. For the remission of sins. And Jesus willingly did it. Willingly submitted to that. So that he could see that he is authenticating this gospel of the kingdom. By he himself going through the process. Isn't that something? It is fitting for us to fulfill our righteousness. And then he allowed him. That's powerful. Anyway, that's the last thing I want to share with you, and we'll probably start right back there next week and take it a little further. But that's something maybe to chew on, to think about. Some of those odd places you just kind of read over and not realize what's really being said there. The gospel of the kingdom and the gospel that has come to us, which is Christ died for our sins, who was buried, he rose again the third day. They are, again, in essence, they are Christ. He is the center, the essence of it. But the Fulfillment of righteousness and the practice of that gospel is really quite different. All right? And the reason I'm telling you this is so that you don't think all the Bible applies to you. Because if you read the Bible like it all applies to you, you're going to be very confused. We ought to know who it's talking to. It's all for us, but it's not all to us. So we need to look at the places that are to us that we can apply into our lives. And pretty much all of that is through the Apostle Paul. Amen. All right, has this helped you tonight? I'm glad you came tonight. Thank you for being here. Father, thank you for this time with these precious people. And Lord, I pray now that great grace and peace would be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your protection over all of them as they head home in this rain. 
that you give your angels charge over them to keep them in all of their ways. Thank you, Father, that every one of their children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. I declare peace in their minds, their souls, peace in their bodies, peace in their sleep tonight. And when they rise in the morning, Lord, for a new day, they will have a song in their heart and praise on their lips. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. Thank you, Father. Every good thing comes from you. And we are so grateful for that tonight. Thank you. Come on, just take a minute to just utter some praise to him, some thanks. Just thank him for this day. Thank him that you're here, that you're alive. God gave you another day, another day to experience the joy of life, another day to experience his grace, another day to experience his people, to to love your spouse, to see your kids, whatever it is, just thank him for that. Thank him for that. Thank him that your car didn't break down on the way to church tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We bless you. Bless you. Bless you. All we can do is thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. And you call that a sacrifice of praise. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.